This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Okay, wait. I need to talk about this. Okay. Hey, everyone. Hi. Hi. It's me, Laura Marie Shane Halls. You're listening to Babe. And I'm here with a new guest who's beginning her arc on the pod. Yes. You may recognize her from the gram, from other podcasts, from her incredible writing, or you may be new. And now Welcome. I'd like you to meet Tierney Finster. <laughs> Yay. Thank you. <laughs> I'm so happy you're here. Me too. I've listened to Babe so many times. The only thing that's allowed me to actually hang up my clothes after doing laundry Love. on multiple occasions. So Love. it's crazy to be on the other side. <laughs> <laughs> this is Hollywood. Yeah. Wow. Um, I was like thinking because I've never done a babe one-on-one with a woman so this is like a groundbreaking Woo, moment babes. <laughs> yeah babes <laughs> female girl power yes, and I was thinking did you listen or do you ever listen to the goop podcast so no I don't but I recently listened to a podcast about people listening <laughs> to the goop podcast and really the goop newsletter <laughs> so I feel acquainted but <laughs> Uh, Gwyneth and Sarah Jessica Parker just did an episode oh, together, wow. and it is truly one of the best things that's ever happened to me. What do they speak me. about? They speak about all sorts of stuff, but they start off the podcast just like complimenting each other. Like they do that, like actress, like it's oh, you know when like two oh. actresses like they get, get together, together. Oh, it's like us. I get. I see where you're heading, and they're like. Oh my God, no, you look so beautiful. You're just so stylish. I don't know how you do it. And then, no, you're radiant. Yeah. And then Sarah just goes, stop, please. No, it's stop. It's you. Like, you're the one. And then Gwyneth's like, no, I'm trash. Like, you're (laughs) the most beautiful person. And they do that back and forth for about five minutes. It's crazy that some people are more aspirational about Sarah Jessica Parker than Gwyneth. I didn't know that Gwyneth stand SJP. I didn't either. And I don't even think of their aesthetics like Venn diagramming at any point. But they go way back. Yeah, I can. It's not too hard to see what they have in common. (laughs) (laughs) They both live in the Hamptons. Their kids are hanging out. Oh, wow. Their lives are very intertwined. I mean, I'm sure um, SJP would like a lifestyle brand a la Goop. She has her like shoe brand. Yeah. She started she a book the imprint. In the world. I'm like a total hater. <laughs> You're not here for SJP. Oh my goodness, no. I mean, I'm here for Carrie. Yeah. But, and I'm here. Uh, I mean, I love it. I love to hate it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I have not gotten into ever 
SJP's like shoe brand. A, I don't even think she makes shoes in my size, so there's mm-hmm. no justice there. That's not Paris Hilton, yeah. Yeah, and I don't know. They just have never spoken to me personally. It's horrible. <laughs> I don't know every shoe in her line, so it's not as though I'm super informed to you know have an opinion, but... I've seen some cute ones, but then I'm like, whenever I just like mentally check out if they don't have like a size 11, which is often the case. Yeah, that's yeah. annoying. Justice for inclusive sizes and in fashion. Yeah. Feet too. <laughs> don't forget. Yes. Yeah. So <laughs> that's my new hashtag yeah, is feet too. <laughs> Maybe Paris can join you as a co-sponsor of that initiative because I'm sure she's had many custom fit. Yeah. And her shoes are always really hideous to me. Of course. She yeah. always she, I've never <laughs> seen her wear a shoe, nice shoe that's spoken to my soul. Probably not in at least 15 years. <laughs> yeah. I feel like she had some early 2000s club stiletto I would get behind, but probably not wear myself these days. Yeah. It was a definitely like a 2001, 2002, like that's probably when her the shoe game peaked. Ankle, yeah. <laughs> and then she started like, sometimes she'll wear like a really unclear flat and that always like throws me, like a flat, a closed like, toe flat with a maxi dress. Yeah. <laughs> and it no, scares me. That was really archetypal though. Yeah. <laughs> that look. Such a look. Flats, the thing about flats that killed me is like in high school, I aspired to wear flats and thought like... That would make me chic and cool and, you know, shoes. Like, I feel like, honestly, this is the best year of shoes I've ever had in my life. But shoes, you always want more and nicer ones. And, yeah. Uh, and I still do. But, mm-hmm. um, like, the, what I hated learning about flats so quickly is that most flats aren't even comfortable. Or they're comfortable after you wear them for, like, two years and they look like shit. So. Yeah, they look all beat up and, like, like, floppy. The look should be cozy, if, you know? <laughs> yeah, there's, like. I feel like you have to do kind of like a pointed toe, like a Chanel kind exactly. of point. Like a bitch flat. Yeah. <laughs> I remember when I got into like when Tory Burch first came on the mm-hmm. scene, I was like, n- I'd never been happier. <laughs> <laughs> so what were you up to? Like, were you in high school or college? I or? was in college. I was going to college in Chicago and uh-huh. I like had moved into my own apartment and I was just like feeling myself and Tory Burch made... Size city 11. Wear. City chic wear. Yeah, city chic wear and also inclusive for my yeah. foot size. And I was just like, oh my God, these are like the chicest flats in the entire world. I got like two, no, I got like three pairs, I think. Rotation. I went crazy and then got the ones with the huge gold Tory Birch. Well, yeah, all of them to me have that. Yeah, but so, then she started making ones without that were just it. like plain without any hardware. For people less ostentatious. Yeah, and then I wore those for a while, but then they got all beat up and gross yeah. as flats are want to do. I just remember starting college and I was looking around like, what the fuck? Because everyone had that style of shoe. Because you went to LMU. I went to LMU and I had already had an experience that was quite different from, like I already was living a little bit adult-like or at least I had a lot of access to like clothes or style or I don't know, subculture or something and getting to LMU and it being like all these people who just moved to LA and on a mountaintop in t- or like a hillside, yeah. Tory Birch flats. And it was like such a country club vibe, you know? And I was like, what is this? And texting pictures to my like 
friend who's the most like that like who like taught me what like a long chomp bag was you mm-hmm. know and she she was like tori birch like yeah every bitch has these like blah 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 and she was going like off to boston to wear hers every day proudly too you know it wasn't <laughs> tori we're just such like a college vibe useful so useful and i could see it i mean i've definitely had versatile questionable shoe choices or sh- cozy shoe choices that not everyone in my life has supported yeah i'm trying to think you have some like throwback style of shoes sure you'll throw it back to like (laughs) i feel like you have had i've seen you rock like kind of like this you know it wasn't sketchers it was like steve madden like the black band Mm -hmm. the those shoes that like everyone yeah definitely i feel like you've had versions of that which i appreciate i've thrifted every shoe i ever wanted as a child for mm-hmm. sure so like any platforms or creepers or like any shoe by candy uh i've come into but <sighs> the thing about these shoes is like i'll love them and find some really f- cool funny pair and before i can even figure out how to wear them the best like usually they break you know what i mean if they're so old but what were your like what were the shoes that you wore like growing up or like that were like cool. my go-to shoes or just like that were like the cool shoes that made a splash at your school one middle school i was die well in middle school i was really cool for having uggs because i had grown up having uggs mm-hmm. so so it was nothing new to you yeah it wasn't new to me but i did have a new vested interest in them mm-hmm. you know i probably wore them more and got some um like special alternative pairs you know beyond the classic boot i love an alternative pair definitely loved yeah dark chocolate brown lace up with visible fur oh same i had a <laughs> i had a black lace up that kind of looked like moccasin exactly but then they had like gray fur on the inside yeah we matched (laughs) um in middle school i really really wanted rainbow sandals and we weren't allowed to wear sandals to school but i just really needed them for summer before eighth grade yeah i was obsessed and i don't know how much they were like 50 bucks or something like to me now that i've been spendthrift on my own accord for years it doesn't sound like that much but like at the time i think my mom's like she lot. liked nice things it's like fuck that like, for a flip-flop yeah and a i remember bit. the first friday i had had a pair and then there was a sports and surf store i'd always go to and they had like an end of summer sale and i got a second pair in like a blue color and then the first friday after school in eighth grade my best friend who knew that I wanted those shoes a lot or knew that I was excited to have them and didn't have them, so maybe was slightly hating on me, she put them on and stepped into a pool. But was like, what? They're flip-flops. I'm like... They're leather. leather. And you... That's a hate crime. That's so not... Like, was so unchill of her. It was very (laughs) unchill. Yeah, and now that homeowner is a little guy's house we were parting at is a doctor. (laughs) (laughs) What about you? What shoes were you? My, like, shoe, the shoes that were really popular, I'm trying to think, like, Birkenstock, um, like, the slide-on, like, the Boston ones, so there, it was, like, a closed-toe Birkenstock. <laughs> like, I wore those on, like, my those first... Those are cute, though. Those are cute, and I want to get a pair Yeah, for now. I would, I'm laughing at that being an aspirational shoe, mm-hmm. but in a youth moment, but... I would like them now. Yeah. My like high school style was very like Birkenstock. Coffee house. Coffee house like Abercrombie. Yeah. Ooh. Lots she of, like, hadn't let go of like 
the princessy yeah. parts, but had it was like ones. I loved like a skirt mm-hmm. with a tank with top. And then spaghetti strap. Yeah. And then the closed toed Birkenstocks. That Such was like a chiller. It was a chill look. Yeah. But I remember my freshman year of high school, I wore like a different outfit almost every day for the first like four months of school. Right. You're obsessed with I was like obsessed. showing. And I would get really ugly. I was always attracted to like hideous clogs at like Nine West. Yes. Like whatever weird color or like fur combination they had, I was like, yes. And then Ooh. I would just like get those. I want some. I don't think I got, I've never really had nice clogs, but my mom was always trying to get me to wear the ones that sound like you like, like the Nine West random. There was ones that were like blue cow fur. Yeah. Ooh. With like a blue wooden heel. That's what I'm looking for at Goodwill these days. Yeah. yeah. No, and it was, that was ahead of my time, exactly. I think. Yeah. And so I would have, I would rock those. I'd start with a shoe and then like kind of build up from there. That's really good. I never did, I did the opposite for years because it's like the right shoe is way harder to find to me, even though I feel like I have more access to shoes or something. Like, yeah. I don't know. No, it's harder for me now too. Like, this, I don't, I, all I wear are like Birkenstocks or like yeah, a tennis like, shoe. Once I like got a, a pair of Birkenstock, like I have like the Croc Birkenstocks, you know, so they're so light mm-hmm. and I just started wearing them all the time. And only the last couple of weeks I've been making myself wear other slides or like, like little things, the little heat, a mule, not a slide, a you mule, know, so yeah. that I just can feel like a little, you know, I love being sexy mm-hmm. and Birkenstocks are pretty much like. They're pretty you can make them non-sexy. Cute, but they're not sexy No, they're ever. never going to be sexy. And it's like, I think you need to know me a long time. Like, I've explored so many sexy types of dress. Yeah. That I don't want to lose that all to this comfortable foam core sandal. I have to say, when I saw you in those Birkenstocks, I was a little bit taken aback. You're like, oh. <laughs> they were on brand because they were pink, but then they were off brand yeah. because they were a Birkenstock. Exactly. And I sort of... If you notice, I'm wearing green khaki trousers. I'm really into your like and- jungle. It's like, <laughs> it's a jungle, like kind of preppy, mm-hmm. like Raquel Welch Ooh. goes to the office. That's, I'll take that. Yeah. Here I am in my office, <laughs> but I feel so adult with these trousers and I kind They're of equate adult. them to when I wear these though with the Birkenstock it's Berkeley mom mm-hmm. and like I was in Berkeley a lot this summer for a little bit and it felt really good you know but then yeah. like honestly I was in the coffee shop writing and working on stuff looking around by the end of my trip and I was like I need to go home like <laughs> I wanted to be like hot and like the weather to be hot and like you know you were over it I like you were seconds away from getting like a Patagonia fleece yeah like it was just too chill I want to live in because I would love to spend more time there living a bit like I think it's a really nice place to write and study things and just like hang out with really cool people but I love glam you do love glam and I'm gonna have that I mean I'm Raquel Welsh like (laughs) you are my glam has been like missing lately I feel like because a, I just, I'm at home every day. So sometimes there's yeah, just no totally. need to glam. But then even like, sometimes it feels like too much effort. But that's something that's been on like the forefront of my mind is I'm like, okay, I need to like try and do more because mm-hmm. I feel better when I think that I look like camera ready. Yeah. You know? Well, yeah. Like one of my friends who's really good actress and really hot was like, 
telling me she was on her way to get some um like facial kind of treatment and she was like you know i need to always look ready and i was and she was kind of saying it as like a mutual call for us to always look ready because mm-hmm. like starlet screen big screen and then i'm like sitting there like fuck yeah yeah we do like let me try because i also spend so much time writing you know i have yeah a lot of writing published in a week and then it's not as though I want to sit and do my makeup before I do that every morning. No. So I, it's, yeah, I feel the same way where it's also like sometimes not doing anything to yourself, like when you can or when you are going to be on your own terms or whatever. It's like makes your skin or hair nicer for when you do want to get all glammed up. Yeah. You're like letting it breathe for yeah, a little bit. Yeah, it's disgusting to wear stuff every day. But like sometimes I'm just like, wow, I've gone like three days. Like my hair's in like a high pony. Yeah. Like things are dire. Yeah. Or you're like, remember how pretty I look with mascara? Yeah. <laughs> Which I see you right now. You look I know. Beautiful. Today I really, I made things happen. Yeah. But I was like, I pro- it's probably been like a week since I wore makeup. Yeah. And I was like. This needs to change because you start, or for me, I start to think of myself as like being hideous. And I'm just like, wow, I'm just like hideous now. And like, I guess this is who I am and what I look like. And I just like aged out of my hotness and now I'm 34 and this is it. Just downhill from here. Literally some BB cream and mascara and you're like, hey. And then I'm like, hey. I guess like a goal of mine would be to like glam it up for the last part of this year mm-hmm. or try, how do i infuse gl- some more glam into my life totally like i will not really in a strict way schedule but like uh, for example i made an appointment <laughs> before to get my makeup done tomorrow mm-hmm. i made that appointment on like saturday of last week mm-hmm. but it's because honestly everyone wants their makeup done these days they go like every time i try to make i used to book a same day and you it's not available anymore mostly everyone is is that the, the spot to go to is sephora done it's hit or miss but if you have like a you person have local if you're going in los angeles i can recommend the best people at different sephoras whether <laughs> we're talking the grove hollywood and highland oh my god love different locations in the valley but yeah i mean i usually i'm in like a vib or whatever so i don't have to pay so it's like oh so it's free yeah but otherwise anytime that you plan to buy something at sephora that's 50 dollars or more which if you get two things it's almost always going to be that mm-hmm. um you should always think about it in advance and make an appointment because then like to get your makeup done, it just costs $50 worth of products. Not just, but I just think people don't really know that you could easily get It's an added service. bonus. Yeah. I get really nervous about my makeup. But yeah, I don't think you would like it. Mm-mm. I always am like, like whenever someone is going to like, if I'm ever going to pay them or entrust them with yeah. the task of like doing my hair to, or something. Yeah. I turn into like the white lady who wants to speak to the manager. Like I'm fully just watching every single thing they do and like mentally checking off a list of why they're horrible and should be fired. Well, I approach it like a colleague (laughs) and I am super forthcoming about everything I like, everything I hate. Mm -hmm. And I talk to them like these are, this is what I use and this is what I definitely don't want. And if I see something weird, I'm like, what's up with this eye? Yeah. You know, like, and basically they'll just bring someone else over if the person's <laughs> not doing it right. So I feel like. They cycle out. Yeah. Have you gone through more than two makeup no, artists? No, just to, just to like, so one time at Hollywood and Highlands Sephora, which that I think seems of like any, the most TBD of all. No, it's not. 
it's, it's the most- best one. The art, the main artists there are so good, and people aren't really using that service there much because it's sort of a tourist. Yeah, Sephora, and I feel like of all people born in LA, I hang out at Hollywood and Highland the most because it's usually somewhere that everyone avoids. That is a babe <laughs> revelation. But to I've me. been there a lot on my own. I mean dozens of times on my own getting my makeup done there you love it there i love miguel and i love alex and (laughs) the team there is amazing and but then one time there someone else did my makeup while these guys that i love were also there and busy and even like and one of i didn't say anything but one of them was like babe like uh I'm going to take a minute and redo your lips and, and then like showing the guy who did my lips like what he did wrong. And honestly, I left and my friend who's a makeup artist was like, what's who did your makeup? Like she did not like that go around. <laughs> but I'm pretty um, I'm not precious because unless it's a special event in which mm-hmm. like I'll be way more thoughtful about it. I just love having fun with a face. <laughs> so I'm down, you know, like people I've had all sorts of makeup. That's so weird. Or yeah. Like, like some, I don't know. People can do such weird things with your makeup, which is why I'm finally getting to that Beyonce place where I'd rather just do my makeup myself most of the time. Mm-hmm. But I hate putting on false lashes, and I refuse to get eyelash extensions. Don't get eyelash extensions. No. You know what I want to try is the lash lift. Oh yeah. Have so you heard what of that? With that, it's like they perm your lashes, so and it then just it just curls up. So they curl up like I'm down, and they stay like that. I think it's like less than a hundred bucks. Oh, wow. I would definitely do that. I've never dyed my lashes either, but I did that I once and I was, was not impressed. About it. Yeah. It didn't really do anything for me one yeah. way or another. Have you ever tried Grande Lash? No, but it's on my wish list. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, what I've- a plug. <laughs> Someone better get that for you. It's expensive, though. Really? And I, but I found a cheaper, like, the exact same thing essentially but for cheaper that had more reviews so and i put that on there too so there's like either or i love giving people various price points to fuck with (laughs) but i'm really curious about that because latisse is out for me because they said with people with green eyes it'll like fuck your eyes up would rather drop dead i'm not doing that that. Uh -uh. either it's not worth it no laura and i's eye color isn't that different no, yours is kind of like a blue green lighter. Yeah, I don't know. They're both beautiful and sort of crystal like. <laughs> I'm loving too that we're like we're both brunettes now. I know it's so major. <laughs> <laughs> it really is existentially. When we worked together like a few years ago at the same office, we were both blonde. Yeah, and I was like, you got so blonde over the course of beginning to work there. Like at mm-hmm. first you started with a highlight that probably wasn't that much more intense than what you have now. But then really quickly, it was like so blonde. Yeah, I built off of it. And mine was like You white. inspired me because you were a platinum. Platinum. People will probably like still think you're super blonde. People have been like, granted, I don't go out that much. But yeah. when I have, they've been like, oh, my God, like what's going so on? And, uh, yeah. And they're like, did you dye it? And I'm like, no, I just it's just growing out. And I think that a lot of people bought that I was just like a natural a blonde. blonde for a long time, which I, you know, crazy I because love. natural blonde isn't ever pretty. Natural Unless blonde you're a child. isn't even blonde. Yeah. Like it doesn't even stay like that. No. And 
I also I'm surprised at how many guys just believe like or, yeah. just believe in blonde like as a thing. Like as something that's not insanely kept up and yeah. maintained. Like my ex exist. was just like, Oh, you dye we'd been dating for like six months and he was like, Oh, you dye your hair? And I was like You're like, Yeah, that's why all of that which you see connected you see- to my head <laughs> yeah. isn't this like, color. do you see like this part that's growing out is different, <laughs> and then there's like streaks in it. Those are highlight. But you, I was just like, do you guys, see the multi-dimension. Yeah, like guys don't pay attention to that. Yeah, they're just like, wow, they look good. Like, or this looks good, and that's just how it is. Totally, and it's like literally thousands of dollars. Yeah, and- it's an investment. Unless you're extremely rich, and even then, really, there's no way to have healthy platinum hair for any amount of time almost no it's a it's you have to be able to go like every six weeks or six to eight yeah. i mean eight weeks eight pushing your, it. if you love rock and roll yeah <laughs> <laughs> like it's i would have to feel like a rock like and rock. roller i really did yeah it'd be like, like rock of love i'd be like okay courtney love like yeah. bait, i could put a dress you know like i would have to get into this style vibe yeah you could have a root account. yeah, yeah i I've been rooted. <laughs> I love the way blonde looked. And I, you know, I used it. I had many iconic blonde looks and Marilyn moods. And yeah. And so cute. But like for me, I felt like being blonde felt like a substitute. Like it was like a shield in a way. It's like a hot glamour puss thing. Yeah. Where it's just like if you have like long blonde hair. I don't know. It's just like. I wanted it. Yeah. I wanted. Yeah. And I miss it. Yeah. Because, because it's the anti Birkenstock in that way of like you yeah. just feel hot. Like mm-hmm. there's something very hot about it and it's like socialized to be something that people really like, even if they don't like it representing like the singularity of its beauty or something. You yeah. Know? I don't know. When I turned really ice blonde, it launched an entire style journey of like me getting all these old Dior bags and old Louis Vuitton mm-hmm. Murakami bags and like really being a Sephora bitch for the first time and like just spending my whole college experience getting high and doing makeup and hair. (laughs) The thing about being blonde too that I would hear a lot from people that I actually respected, like mean queens basically who I would do creative work with, like multiple times I heard from these men do not dye your hair. Are you kidding me? Like if basically making it really clear that blonde is what sells me and like basically like I'm already not skinny. Like don't put another thing against you. Like nobody wants to cast you as a brunette. And, Whoa. and I heard that a lot to the point that it made me want to be brunette because I'm like, fuck off. Like this is all my choice. Like everything that you perceive about me that you found interesting or whatever is something that I have shared or I have done. So like, fuck off, you know, that's crazy. But right. I also like see, like you I get under- why people think that's okay to say, but I like- get why people think that's okay to say, but I would argue that I, you're much more interesting as a brunette. Interesting. Yeah. Because you could, I mean, you could always go blonde with like a wig. That's what I'm saying. Like that is like the makeup thing. It's like acting like a bitch, get a wig. Like I can be, I'll be blonde tomorrow. I could be blonde tonight when I go home. I have a beautiful collection of blonde wigs, (laughs) but I hardly wear them because it makes me too hot and I have such a big head. (laughs) Did you play with Barbie dolls growing up? Oh, heck yeah. I would like love to play with them. (laughs) Love a Barbie doll moment. I had a huge interest in Sally Jesse Raphael um, playing like in the middle of the day at home. Mm-hmm. 
and I was watching TV all the time, and I'm the only child, so like I don't know. I would like any. I was really into like Golden Girls, Designing Women, and Sally Jesse at like five or something. Love. I would make a um a panel of Barbies, and then one would be the host. So your Barbie game was like a talk show. Yeah. <laughs> And I would like cut off the legs or like, or like anything that had happened to them because I was never one and I'm still not one to take care of my things. Mm-hmm. Um, like whatever rough and tumble situations had fallen upon them, I would just use it. That they were going on the show to yeah, like talk about. To talk about whether it was something with their anatomy. They're or like, just I'm like, an amputee. And yeah, I mean, that was like the most literal example <laughs> I can think of. But there was other more subtle things too. <laughs> oh my God. I love you that. You liked Barbie. And did you know Kelly at the time too? Yeah, I had a Kelly. Kelly's cute. Um, Or no, I don't think I had a Kelly. I had Skipper. Skipper. Skipper had flat feet. Skipper's Skipper Barbie had a sister totally, too, right? Yeah, Skipper's Barbie sister, but she had flat feet and like a totally different body than Barbie. So weird. It was weird. Was she like the athletic? But she was just feet, shorter, like younger. But like, remember, Barbie has this like developed. arch, like crazily arch, Kylie like, Jenner feet. feet. Yeah. yeah, and so my Barbie game though was always like I would just I would get a bunch of barbies together at a barbie car like that they could all pile into like Mm -hmm. a jeep and then they would go shopping so i'd set up all their clothes like the mall and then they'd go shopping and get ready for prom (laughs) or like a party yeah and they'd go grab everything Everything is about getting ready for prom yeah it was always about a prom or like an event of some sort that sounds fun i don't think i ever had a barbie Maybe I had a Corvette, but my, yeah, I don't know. I feel like if I had a car, I would remember it more and I would have put it to use too. Yeah. That was like, how else were they going to get from point A to point B? How else could they go to the mall? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I miss Barbies. I know. I mean, I don't know if you saw this video I posted on Instagram during winter time, but I went with my mom to the, um, the toy store at the farmer's market right here mm-hmm. and she saw i happened to be filming her when she saw curvy barbie for the first time wait I she didn't was see that. flipping out did she love it no she's like what and we're both like fat women and she's like what oh what like it, because also curvy barbie is not like all that curvy no you know what i mean so it was curvy just, barbie's like a size 10 yeah and like very athletic but that's such a trope too where it's like every plus size model is like constantly putting themselves at the gym on instagram like Mm -hmm. fit curvy fit curvy it's like okay Mm -hmm. we get it you work out (laughs) yeah bitch we know we we're all there but then um yeah i just loved my mom's like shock and awe over the curvy but she's like curvy Barbie? I love her anger at <laughs> yeah. Barbie. Instead of being like, oh, wow, look how this represents me and my daughter. She's like, what? She's like, this is disgusting. Yeah, <laughs> but I don't know. It's like Barbie's one of those brands where it's awkward to... Did you see there's a documentary called like Tiny Shoulders on Hulu uh-huh. that's all about the Barbie rebrand? Oh, no, I think I've seen it advertised, but I haven't watched it. It came on after I was watching something else and then it just, Suggest. oh, I think I finished like Handmaid's Tale and then it yeah. came, that came on right yeah, after. You're like, we need an upper. <laughs> yeah. And so I just let it play and it was a really good documentary, but like. I think Barbie like gave probably gave me a lot of issues of just like thinking like, oh, this is like the feminine ideal beauty, like blah, blah, blah. Like that was definitely imprinted in me. But I also just like 
loved Barbie. Like I was I just like, she's fucking Barbie. beautiful. I still do. I love the Barbie font. I love the Barbie font. I love their hair. Like, and their it's fun. It's fun. They wear clothes. Like they have had clothes the most for fashion everything. of like any doll, right? I yeah, mean, especially at the time. So so much fashion. And I you could also, do all different kinds. I had kinds. Teresa, and I had I had Barbies of every race too. Yeah. which like obviously they were never marketed as heavily or like as iconic or like disseminated to such an extent as Barbie. But so I don't know. It's like I get obviously there's like a singularity among all of those ethnicities of what their bodies looked like they're Mm -hmm. all banging you know but um there wasn't much nuance when it came to like different races of barbies it was pretty much like the same it was like the color was different yeah or some textures but yeah some textures i remember i had a barbie that i would i had a soft barbie that was like destined to sleep next to you and i would bring her to some like I had signed up for this dance class and I thought it was going to be a really serious course. And it was just some bullshit where they wanted you to dance with your doll. So <laughs> her and I experienced that together. <laughs> I thought I was going what did to you do when you dance with your doll? <laughs> you know, like little bonding, I guess to give you like a sense of creativity with your toys. Mm-hmm. Uh, duh. That's, you're like, I have, I it. have it. I was ready to be trained. <laughs> I'm, you're like, I'm already doing talk shows yeah. with them. <laughs> Producing. And honestly, look at this. It's a talk show. Perfect. I know. Full circle. Barbie. I love when people are named Barbie. Mm-hmm. So hot. Yeah, I love it. It's the classic, like, feels very Americana, but also sexy cute, which doesn't always happen. Even speaking of, like, like Barbie, like, back to blonde hair, I remember thinking, like, because I, I think I knew that if your hair was in the sun long enough, yeah. then it would get lighter yeah so i was like oh my god all i have to do is like put barbie's hair on a light and then it'll be fine so like i got a lamp and like took the lampshade off oh my god and then like laid my barbie's hair on top of the lamp and then it just melted onto it and then melted her hair off and i felt betrayed that's when you learned like i was like your physics i didn't learn either of those <laughs> but i did learn that her hair is like made of plastic Flammable. like it's not real hair that you're lucky your little hand didn't go up in flames with the melting <laughs> yeah it's uh, a sad moment. did you grow up tanning i like, did you have to wear sunscreen growing up yeah i grew i wore sunscreen growing up um but then when i was in high school like when i got to like boarding school Tanning became a huge pastime for like me and all my girlfriends there because there was nothing else to do. So we would just like, we'd sneak like oil like Mm -hmm. into onto campus or something. And then this summer during our like lunch period, we would just sneak to like the back like deck of the dorms and it would be like seven of us just lying out on towels, like pretty much naked. And it would be right where the like, right in front of the therapist's office. Like if we had a therapist that would fly <laughs> yeah. up to campus to like take patients all day. And so sometimes like a boy or someone would like walk back and they'd yeah, see like all the girls in there and would be like, oh my God, stop. Oh, oh my God. We got Slutty so ass girls. Tan. <laughs> Wait, where was the therapist flying up from? From Santa Barbara, I think. Glam. Yeah, it was glam. I grew up tanning like as an essential family value for sure. Like, like just like we're going to get our tan on this yeah, summer. Yeah, my 
Oh, yeah, all year round. Like, my grandpa, I grew up in the house with him, too, and he would sit outside every single day in, like, short shorts and a T-shirt and tan, like, beautiful, like, roasted turkey-colored legs. Mm -hmm. And my mom and all – she has eight siblings in L.A., and they all were tanning. And, my like, my cousin's home from college right now, and she's, like, 20 – and she looked so pale and everyone kept bringing it up to her and she's like but she's really into skincare and it's sort of like us sharing this first summer where we're both really into skincare and i feel like i don't feel so old but i also feel like i am not taking anything for granted when it comes to my skin well yeah you know better now yeah exactly but what i also hate is that i don't want to use chemical sunscreen because that is what's like killing reefs and stuff like Mm -hmm. so i only want to use natural sunscreen but natural sunscreen makes you look so white like it you have to get tinted yeah you have to get the bb cream kind i really like this bb cream one from kula i've been using but so yeah it's like we've been the last couple of weeks been trying because since she was like four and i was 10 we would be slathered with hawaiian tropic oil and we'd look amazing yeah but neither of us are quite there now no like i remember my mom would show me her arm because she had like sun damage on her yeah. arm and she'd be like if you have to wear sunscreen because this will happen to you but anytime any adult ever said a single thing like that to me when I was growing up I was like whatever that's your journey that's not gonna happen to me yeah and like never listened to a damn thing and so yeah and then now I'm like oh she she was right yeah like my cousin's mom always was slathering her in sunscreen and my mom was like my mom never made me do anything Mm -hmm. like I was always a very disciplined person in certain areas that mattered so she was mostly just like passing me this tanning oil or like do you want to stay home today and go to the movies or really yeah she was so you had like a very lax like no no discipline really zero that's wild because you are one of the most disciplined people i know and thank you i like that reputation because some hater on instagram said we get it you smoke weed and travel all the time but what do you do and i was thinking like i smoke weed and travel and work all the time you're literally like one of the hardest workers i know your output you have you write so much yeah i mean the thing is not in that exact way but that's why my mom was down to bribe or not even bribe me but just to like suggest this kind of stuff because I think I was always like that, you know. Would you make good grades in school? Amazing. I, it was really hard for me to stop. You were just like a motivated. I loved achieving. Yeah, yeah, and I didn't feel. I always had a lot of access to glamorous things or mm-hmm. to nice, nice restaurants or go to the shabby chic store in Malibu. But I also was like a heart, like a lower or middle working class family myself within mm-hmm. our unit. But my mom had this bigger family where there was all sorts of different, you know, class representation. So mm-hmm. it was like, I always had a lot of access to things, but a lot of insecurity about real things or something, you know? Um, so I took it upon myself very early to like 
be very dedicated to amassing anything <laughs> I could. And then I found this book I wrote in third grade. Like everyone had to write a book and our teacher like bound it, which I think is really cute. That is and cute. it was all about a girl like leading a, ga- a gang of misfits to win money because she wanted a college scholarship so bad. And I read it and I thought at first I was like, wow, I was a good writer. Like yeah. this is really good for third grade, bitch. What? Go off, write your book, publish. But mm-hmm. then I was like, gosh, I wish I could have relaxed. Like, but but that's also like you. Yeah, I also got the scholarship, really. So whatever. God. Yeah, I was always like, I achieved in things that I cared about. But if I didn't, if it didn't speak to me, I like yeah. wouldn't even try. Which is hot. Which is hot, but it's also like I was reading back over a lot of my like teachers' comments from yeah. like high school and stuff. Cool. And they're like, we know that Lara could do this if she wanted to, but she's choosing to just like not do it. Like she won't like I just like wouldn't turn things in. Yeah. And be like, "Mm." I loved approval from my teachers. And like I wanted I cared a lot about seeming smart. (laughs) (laughs) But now I feel smart. Woo! I don't give a fuck. But I mean, I guess with writing sometimes, especially as I begin writing more fiction or more um, like personal essay stuff that's not I predominantly published like journalism, you know, I think one of those central fear questions is like, <laughs> am I an idiot? Like, does it matter? You know, yeah. and I think I have a really good connection to myself with writing, which um, probably helps me get a lot of it done. But also just like it, it's how I feel grounded in the world. But then I don't know, like. You, you don't want to seem stupid. <laughs> no. My worst fear is someone like reading something that I wrote and being like, ugh, like that was bad. And I've written, yeah. and I mean, I've written things that have been bad before. Like, yeah. And things that I'll look back on and be like, oh my God, that was so embarrassing or like awful yeah. or whatever. But like, I don't know. It's just such a, I think that I still, and this is something I really want to get rid of because I think oftentimes I've met these women or these figures I cast for myself and have pretty much instant or like really cool friendships with them. Um, but like I have these certain women in my mind that I think of as like smart girls. Mm-hmm. And usually that just means that they're doing something more specifically literary than me, I guess, in terms of like how they operate in the world. But that's not even true because they're all writing for brands or doing work that's not pure, just like fiction writing every day either, you know? But um, I never want one of these smart girls to (laughs) think I'm stupid. Mm -hmm. But then recently in the last year, I've been doing more like storytelling shows or a couple comedy shows. And what I realized is like, I also care a lot about being funny. So a big admission. So, um, (laughs) I just want to start. It's like helping me get over my literary anxiety yeah, and my smart bitch anxiety by just being fun Mm -hmm. and being like, that's the difference is like, I don't, as much as I want to have, like, I want to earn some sort of respect with like how I can write. I mostly want people to have a good time, especially people don't give a shit about, I want to be able to like honor writing without making it only accessible to other people who would say something like honor writing, you know? Yeah. (laughs) 
like it, you want it to be like more universal or representative of you and first fun. and foremost. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I feel like speaking out loud has helped me be like, oh, this is what I could write to. Because the way that I was writing for those things wasn't the same way I was working on my personal projects. So well, yeah, I mean, journalism is a different tone. Yeah. And, and like entirely. Oh, yeah, but I like cool. I enjoy your journalism tone because you do still get like some sneaky tyranny moments in there. I hope so. I sure hope so. <laughs> <laughs> I like struggled with writing in journalism tones because I was like didn't get to talk about myself and I was like always sucks. trying to like so bring sucks. things back to me and my me experience too. and like those those were always getting cut out of my pieces totally. and I'm, like so what makes this fun now You're that like, I'm out why of Why did I write this thing? Yeah, I'm like, what's like, what's interesting about it yeah. now? You tell me. <laughs> Which is like, <laughs> but I bitch, like, that's not journalism. It's amazing to be able to share because it's like, that is what, you know, I've been able to have a really bomb career as a journalist. Like, I'm so grateful for it and I love it. And like, I feel that part of me will always do it in a certain way to like throughout whatever I end up doing in my life. But like, as I just phrase that sentence, it gives the impression that I don't see myself as like a full time journalist forever, but it's just, who knows? I love it, but I just do. I've been trying to share more projects cause I'm always writing projects that aren't in journalism tone, but I've been trying to share more so that it feels a little bit more balanced because as much as I'm proud of my journalistic work, then I'm kind of like, is it me or do I sound like I'm an idiot or like I'm like writing for someone that's not really who I want to be writing for? I don't know. Yeah. But sometimes you just got to file something. Yeah. You got to just <laughs> and get I love it speaking, done. What journalism has done so well for me and helped me so much with all types of creative stuff and acting and everything is just listening. Cause like I spend so many hours a month interviewing people for so many years now. And it's like, even if sometimes I'm taking a selfie or like, texting while i'm interviewing someone too i don't have perfect focus like i'm mostly really listening you know yeah i have to i can't multitask yeah like i just my brain can only do like one thing at a time and if i even like look at something else while something someone's talking it's over like that's I probably won't. good even yeah. though it seems annoying and like less helpful in the moment it's like it's like i truly have to put all my focus into like whatever phone call is happening yeah. or whatever. Cause like I'll check out so easily or just be like, I want to get on the daily mail. And I then make just, myself like, zone dizzy out. sometimes with like toggling. Mm-hmm. But if I'm on the phone with an interview, I mostly always am writing notes. Like if I'm actually respecting the oh, experience, yeah. I'm like, it's not that I even look at those notes at all when I'm writing the piece. Cause I just have a transcript, but just like, that keeps me like kind of smart. You know what I mean? And like, cause otherwise I can listen, but if I'm just passively listening, I'm less good at coming up with like actual follow up questions rather than just like, Oh, this is something else I should ask you. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. I like, I'm, oh, it's always a fight. And I think it now I'm like just realizing that it's always a fight against making it's like me having to make myself be interested in something so I can be good at it is like my lifelong struggle. And that's what it comes down to with really nailed it with the phone calls and stuff. Like I've been on like a lot of phone calls with like bankers and accountants and stuff like setting up my business. And like it truly like my gut thing is like, I just want to go on Instagram or like start DMing people and I'll start to do that. And I will miss like 
two minutes of I'll ask a question. I'll be like, so what about this? And then they'll launch into the explanation. I'll be like, anyways. And then I realize like I didn't hear I'm the one that asked. No, and I have to be like And I try to really respect everyone. I mostly said the selfie thing too because up until like a week ago when it stopped opening on my computer, I've recorded every journalism interview I've ever done on Photo Booth. Mm -hmm. Um... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I love that you're literally you like that. being a glamour puss aren't you yeah you're li- you, sometimes you- i'm tore up but sometimes i'm glam mm-hmm. but, but you just want to document either way either it's way, on film yeah you want it to be on film <laughs> yeah and so it's been really annoying for um my photo was not to work because i'm like uh what do i do and it's like it's also really annoying because i get to use a transcriptionist for most of my magazine writing or i'll pay even myself to use it Mm -hmm. uh rev.com i'm dying to be a rev.com influencer the best transcription site on the internet that is (laughs) rev.com a dollar a minute and within like five or ten hours they give it back to you a dollar a minute that's not bad it's not bad I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Because before I would pay humans and it was way more expensive. Yeah, that's always really expensive. I mean, these are also humans, but they're through the whole thing. But yeah, so when I would upload the video files there, it would take so long. So it's like really, it was a bad We would give them the video files so they'd have to watch you. Rev- <laughs> I mean, and also I talk about so many sexual topics as well as like drugs, weed and different topics in that too. But like they've definitely caught some, I think the glamorous looking ones aren't even as shocking as the like spaghetti strap, no bra. It's 530 in the morning and I'm speaking to someone who's 830 on the East Coast and like, I remember, do you remember when we were doing like trying to kind of get podcasts together uh-huh. for Mel and we were interviewing the phone sex operators yes, for hours for hours how fun was that so we Tierney was producing what was it it was just like a podcast about yeah, it was like a sex it was gonna be a show it was gonna be a written piece that I had you know suggested and then we realized as this media company was gonna endeavor into podcasts that this sense it was oral 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 with a u get it sex mm-hmm. um that we should do it as a podcast and laura had all this podcasting experience and um so she came in and we were like we'll we'll embark on this journey together yeah, like, and like figure it out and i found probably like six or seven people that we interviewed for like an hour each mm-hmm and it was really interesting. It was really interesting. And it was like the first episode was going to be all about phone sex operators, yeah. PSOs. Yeah. And so. Exactly. PSO is one of the first bits of vocab we picked up. Yeah. And it was like, 
it was fascinating because I didn't realize that there were so many different kind, like genre styles. Yeah. yeah, and styles. Totally. And also the, the funniest and accurate, I believe, in a way, but so it's not funny, like in a condescending way. But something I loved is how almost every PSO we spoke to was immediately insistent on how they're the smartest of all erotic service providers like because of the imagination it takes because basically i would and i would sort of counter that with like well what about camming because that's also you know Mm -hmm. one-on-one and personal and you know specific fetish driven and they were like yeah but one like your body is doing a lot of the work there Mm -hmm. or it's like taking over to an extent where you don't need as much of the like vocal or multi-sensory experience and then also that just you need the language your mastery of language needs to be so fabulous to be able to really give people an amazing phone sex yeah experience and i'm like true true and the more i thought of it i was like wow that is like a hard job to do and talk about not being in the mood all the time to be on the phone like imagine i mean i remember people would speak to us about they would be multitasking they're always multitasking yeah because <laughs> they're like uh-huh and because it's scripts and yeah or just like hot points you know we had there was one woman who did like a real like she had her voice that was just like talking to us kind of oh, yeah and then her like whole persona sexy and like voice. sexy voice that she could go into like on the drop of a hat i mean it's funny because I think my voice is consistent, but I do have a very, if I came on this podcast two years ago, I would be much more like, hi, I'm Tierney and, you know, (laughs) thanks for having me on Babe Podcast and yeah, but I still feel like I have bits of that, but it's just really tripped me out ever since that acting teacher told me that I've been using a fake voice because of patriarchy. Okay, wait, tell me more about your (laughs) fake patriarchy voice. So my friend was, you know, we have been in different acting classes together and a lot of times we'll only go to a couple, but just seeing the vibe of the teacher, just seeing, oh, what's a space for us to play in? Do you audit the classes? Like we'll audit, but then this one we actually joined. Where was it? What studio? Um, this, yeah, I'll go right ahead and say it. It's Shelly <laughs> Mitchell. And she is incredibly crazy. Mm-hmm. And, um, my friend and I went there and, um, she had already been going and she was like, Oh, you're going to love this teacher because she's really into spirituality and angels and breath work and love, love, you know, and I had a previous experience with Eric Morris at Eric Morris acting studio, which was incredibly psychological, emotional. It felt like a lot of emotional clearing, but I was sort of just excited to go practice scripts. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? I wasn't really here for all of that. And the first day I'm in this woman's class, she's like, oh, I'm so glad you're here because we're doing Enneagrams. And Enneagrams is like a method of identifying personality types based on, it's not based on astrology per se. I feel like it's even older, but it's basically like an ancient approach like that. Mm-hmm. So you'll be like a Martian or a Leotian, like Leo, like different astrology words are become Martian. So she tells me, oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you're, I would say she just met me, remember, like right when I walked in and a couple minutes later, she's like, yeah, I would say you're a, uh, yeah, you're a Martian. You're a bull in a china shop. <laughs> I'm like, what? And then like two minutes later, she's like, uh, 
she just like like that's your essence that's who i am and then she'd be like like, as what your best to get just like who i am at. so yeah to know that and to use it that's why she to was use teaching it to your it. advantage to just know it as a human that that's who you are but then to use that in like if i walked parts. into a room where an acting coach told me i was a bull in a china shop i would be turning around and walking back out of the can room can you believe how strong i am i'm gonna write a whole chapter in my book about things acting teachers have told me because yeah. i think i am like a masochist or like you have all these fears of like the whole show fat actor and like all these things and these teachers will just really give it to you and it's sort of like by hearing them express they become less real or something but a minute later she was like oh actually you're a venusian and i was like oh what really the fuck is that i was like who what are examples of venusian <laughs> she goes santa claus melissa mccarthy <laughs> No. Yeah. Santa Claus. Santa Claus. Ho ho ho. I'm That's like fucking bitch. You're like I'm a but woman. Then she yeah, Mrs. <laughs> like, Claus. Mrs. Claus maybe. I love that. She misgendered me. She did. And the then, fuck? You're even What is a Venusian? It means that I'm connected to Venus I as opposed to Mars. But it's oh, pretty so like confusing Martian. when she gives me Yeah, they're all and like Leo is like leo like a sign but that's not a planet so i don't know but um this she learned these Mm -hmm. 25 or no she learned these like 30 40 years ago when she had become a she was like getting work as a younger actor great friends with ellen barkin who i don't not that i even know that much about ellen barkin but i learned she loves enneagram still and then this woman my acting teacher former became involved in a cult for 20 years that was all based around these archetypes and but she's still up the street from here on melrose in this little studio every wednesday afternoon assigning these archetypes and she's like you know it's really hard like since leaving the cult it was already 20 years ago but i basically have to um i have to stop myself from just really limiting my read of everyone to their archetype because i just see all your archetypes meanwhile she assigns every person like three archetypes because she's kooky you know yeah so this is the woman who told also in a private session following this because if you miss a class you can have you um, make up yeah you can make up and i had heard about a tv show a showtime show like a year ago and i was like oh i would be perfect for the show like and telling um my friend's manager like look out for me for this i want to go audition and so a year later this woman hits me up like oh it's time they're casting it Mm -hmm. and i had just met shelly so i was like oh serendipitous like i'm gonna go use that free private and go over there and prepare and i already felt pretty good about it um and that's when she was like, I mean, we're not going to be able to get very far with this if you keep using that voice. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Shelly did not can't, did not come to play. No. And the whole time I was being kind of creepy and like um, agreeable. You know, mm-hmm. people I think would expect me to be like a contentious debater, but I love hearing insanity, you know, yeah. so. She said some things that were, she made such broad and sweeping socio-political comparisons to my feminine experience that I am too shy to even share here or like <laughs> too worried to be the mouthpiece of them. <laughs> and so I was just soaking it all in. But then she showed me a video that was one of those horrible like viral Facebook videos that's like for spoken word fanatics that's like the ability to enunciate is a power, you know, that mm-hmm. like whole thing. And it was so culturally biased and fucked up. Like what it was basically exalting is like one American 
English. That's the real English to speak, you know? Yeah. Like white people. Exactly. But also like educated, rich, like, I don't know, like even, you know, some mid Atlantic. Exactly. Yeah. I'm like Catherine Hepburn. Like (laughs) she. Wait. So she told you the patriarchy. Yeah, but I'm like, do you? She had already told me she like read my website, has seen different work I've made, and I'm like, I'm sorry, like patriarchy, totally have internalized it, totally continue to deal with uh, repercussions from those internalizations and experiences. But you know me, I mean, I'm pretty much like a wild queer bitch. Yeah, so it's like. I don't think that I feel like for that her, was maybe she was picking up on too much of your Venusian energy <laughs> and she was like getting it lost was too in sexy that for her. Lane. Yeah, she was. And so she told you okay. to. she told me to stick my fingers down my throat regularly <laughs> and speak and to practice stick your fingers down your throat and, and vomit speak. three times a day. No, I know. Like Santa tricky. Claus. Like, yeah. <laughs> she told me that i had to stick my fingers down my throat in order to open my voice and this is like guidance that i am working hard as a journalist to (laughs) afford and that's what i'm getting i was like what and then imagine how i went going to that audition and it was like one of the better and less like personal like a lot of the times it'll be nice that you know the way that I get to go into those experiences or opportunities is through someone I know or there's some favor or relationship. But like I'm meeting all these strangers and another stranger has just told me that I sound like a fucking like weak fraud Mm -hmm. that's scared of men. And so I won't use my voice. And then the character in the piece, the reason I thought I was so great for it was that it was like about like a plus size slut, you know? Mm -hmm. And then she's like, I mean, she whispered to me when we were doing it because we're in her home, by the way, which was like full of nice products that I was staring at and thinking, oh, she's making a nice living off these or these are really good gifts. But um, she was like, I mean, I always have wondered, you know, bigger women, all that extra estrogen. But I'm like, what? <laughs> like she was basically saying that fat women like me are so horny. <laughs> But that's like I got a five in AP Bio talking about achievement. Like that's not a thing. This woman is <laughs> wild, She's amazing. And I heard she was Boots Riley and like a bunch of Sorry to Bother You. Mm-hmm. I heard she was their acting teacher, and I'm like, what went down? <laughs> what is continuing to go yeah, down? She's saying you some can wild. Find out. No, I'm like about i love i live for someone just like telling me a mystical thing about myself totally. that may or may not be true yeah. so i have like half a mind to just like go See, i want to just sit in on one class i want you to audit the other guy i mentioned too because he really is like a he he will do it where it's too real she was too kooky mm-hmm. and he just naturally is like Ooh, he really gets you. Really? Yeah. Is their whole thing like breaking you down? Well, no, not necessarily. He's not as like, he's aggressive, but it's not as aggressive as that sounds. But within my own personal issues, it was, he was basically being like, without describing all the amazingly positive comments he would later give me, like upon meeting me, he was like, you seem like such a grounded and like soulful person that is a hundred percent resistant to sharing your actual self vibe. 
and I feel like I share myself a lot, you know what I mean? So I was mm-hmm. very resistant to that, but it's true. He's I like, think, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And also just like, it's true. And I don't know if it's because I'm a Capricorn or what, but like, like when I broke my leg, I, I told everyone, should we still go to the beach? Like I, I downplayed, I did not want to be real about what I was actually feeling. Yeah. And he's being like, how do you want to be an actor? If you, you know, that kind of thing. So he would like make me seat, six people in the front row and go one by one and go off on them or like but then one i still was pretty resistant because i like to be like cool you know like i like to be Mm -hmm. like calm you know and then um i don't have that like true feralness that some of these folks do all broken when they come in and then um (laughs) (laughs) and then he was like he finally did he was like I was on stage and I was like not really being down to because if you don't bring in like a craft exercise, like if you don't bring in a script, he just makes you do personal. He gives you a personal exercise, which Mm -hmm. is like dealing with yourself, but not with any material. So he was giving me a personal exercise and I wasn't really I was still resisting a bit. And he was like, so how does it feel to be a very fat actress? And it was Valentine's Day. Uh And it was like I had woke up with my boyfriend at the time and now, but um. At the time, I had only known him like a month and like waking up with him on Valentine's Day, like amazing. I was like, not that's like so lame in a way. But in terms of my relationship to my body, it like meant so much to me to like. And I'm sure your just relationship history. It's like that having that perfect moment or where it's like you're setting off on this foot of like what a beautiful day for myself like exactly you're walking on sunshine you're gonna go to the i woke up with the sun shining on my white fur laying with him yeah and i was just like really gutted i really was i was crying the whole class basically and like when i went home my i was living i was living by myself but my two friends had basically stayed over and like we're just fucking around all day there. And when I got <laughs> home, um, Flo and Nico, and uh, when I got home, we were all talking about it. And like, but I think even me, it was the gravity of that experience for me was like enough that I would, sh- that I shared with them what had happened because mm-hmm. I wanted that support. But even just that was sort of a way of showing what he did worked because I would never be one to bring that up. Like I typically wouldn't share that kind of experience with someone if I wasn't going right back to them and if it didn't really bother me. Yeah. And I think that's changed a lot for me now. Like obviously I'm saying this here and like I'm pretty down to talk about the realest shit about me, you know, mm-hmm. but I became a lot more open to doing so. But yeah, obviously I, I don't know, like people, people are like, are- oh, that's trauma. It's abusive. And when I met Shelly, she was like, oh, he's a patriot. Oh, you know, Eric, he's still alive. He's a patriarch, <laughs> you know, because he taught like Jack Nicholson. Like, yeah. He taught like okay. old people. But again, I, I love a Well, Shelly's no cakewalk. Yeah. I mean, everyone. That's why it's like if it's everyone's going to abuse you a little. Yeah. You might as well go where it's effective and personally transformative because I would recommend that class to anyone just to audit and see like the level of reality people work with there is really strong. Check out my reel on YouTube, <laughs> Tierney Finster 2017. <laughs> Cast me in your projects. Yes. I love casting Lara. You know, I just love casting her for Instagram, for YouTube shows. I like you for as Vine. my director. Yeah, Lara, trust me. That's I'm all trusting. I'll say. <laughs> I'm trusting. Maybe we'll have to share that video. Yeah. 
please. Where Tierney and I were making a video one day at our old job. And she got me to say some crazy <laughs> shit. That, um... That wasn't even meant to say. But it, it sort of was like justice for the environment, mm-hmm. what you were saying. Yeah. It actually is one of the more progressive pieces, dare I say. It's art. <laughs> yeah. It's art. We would work somewhere where there was like 12 people working in this one office and then the particular morning that we made this piece of art during, like, 24 cases of half and half were got <laughs> delivered. So we're like, oh, okay, we each can drink two. Or like, yeah. Um, we discovered in the office fridge 24 bottles of half and half. So we did what any young creatives would mm-hmm. do and made content out of it. We a shitstorm of content that's, like, honestly inspired everyone. I mean... My art direction and like basic directing skills inspire. This is what always happens when you're doing an amazing piece of social content off of the fly. Mm-hmm. Everyone else will come in once you've already set it all up and they get their phones out and they start filming. What are you supposed to say? Yeah, and they want their piece Close of Close set. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we brought a lot of inspiration to the office that we worked in. To say the least. And like some much yeah <laughs> that's where i learned the phrase joie de vie that was my first experience like i've not worked in many offices for like long periods of time because uh-huh. it's like i generally will get like fired from an office yeah. job but like this was one of the first times where i thought like oh like this is like it's gonna be kind of like a writer's room feel yeah where we all just like talk and like share our stories and like make each other laugh and then it was like oh no this is like another office like you need to do your work and your work is not sharing your stories and making other people laugh i know i talked about acting but i really want to get in a writer's room too so No, I know, because that's what we love to do, right? And, like... All I want to do is just, like, talk shit about myself. But also share, And yeah. share and hear other people's stories and then just, like, law all and day. And enjoy life and yeah. its many iterations and nuanced emotions. But, yeah, I mean, I think, like, that was my first and only time so far working at, like, a startup as well, like a media startup. So the, like, timeline on those kind of things is just, like... I don't know. I don't know if some people, if they're doing it quicker to less positive effects or what, but it's just like slow. So Laura and I would just have like a lot of time to make social media content and get to know each other. Literally. Like we were party girlfriends. Mm-hmm. And then I started working at this company and was like, hmm, I was supposed to focus on sex and relationships. And I was like, I think it was because you already had Cosmo sex tips, right? I had Cosmo sex tips and was just like doing. Like random shit. I just associated you as a modern love guru. Um, I hate this phrase modern dating. Mm -hmm. And so I said modern love cheekily. It wasn't for real. No, good. (laughs) I was like, uh, I I love that you think that. Modern dating. And I hate mediated by screens. And I hate like certain media buzzwords. Mm -hmm. But. So we had so much fun and we fueled each other's shopping addictions and we had a lot of Sephora trips. Oh, I forgot that because Sephora opened at my call. The office is right near where I went to school, too. So like 
in my college main shopping center, a Sephora arrived and we had to make use of it. Yeah. A lot of Sephora, like a lot of like leisurely lunches, lunches. dinners, breakfast. Yeah. It coffees, was a good teas. Too bad we weren't there together when Erwan <sighs> opened because that was just crazy. Yeah. But we did get a lot of GTA, Juusta. So much Juusta. You put me on to Juusta. I had never been there before. We went to, yeah, it was beautiful. <laughs> God, if you ever need a restaurant recommendation in Venice. <laughs> <laughs> hit me up. Yeah, hit Lara up. I would actually just tell you like two places. I'd be like, Jelena or Juusta. <laughs> Like you're like to me. no now there's a japanese one too so oh yeah and i haven't Mountain. been to that one fuck me neither but do you like ramen yeah i've I never love seen ramen. you eat it it's a solo do you eat. like pho love it i love these foods but we never shared them we never did but you know what we haven't now again, we're gonna we have there's eaten, so we weren't much friends before work that much so we didn't <laughs> eat that many meals i know and so now we have to explore some asian cuisines <laughs> together we also got a um, lunchtime pedicure before Oh, yeah. That lasted so so long. Yes. So basically, we're great in an office setting. Literally. I mean, you can already tell our depth and creativity, but now you see how much fun we are, too. (laughs) Let's do some reader mail. Please. The fact that you receive reader mail is, like, so amazing. I love nothing more than that communication a lot of times uh, i want to tell you out loud what the babe reader mail i was gonna write once said yes tell me and i figured that it was too trivial or i didn't want to seem like i was just like trying to be spoken about so i didn't share but after listening to you and ryan once i once and for all stopped ordering iced lattes and just switched to only iced coffees or iced americanos and I have been ordering iced lattes for a long time, so it was very significant for me. Mm-hmm. But your description of them as just a cup of icy milk really it hit it home, hit the nail on the head for me. And also, I have sinus. I love clear sinuses, so like the visual of that icy milk, it was like game over. Yeah. So thank you. You're welcome. I stopped with a latte too. I used to be way into almond milk lattes, and then I was just like, "This is just almond milk." milk. Yeah. Now I'm a cold brew girl. I got my 18. Yeah. I got my 18 serving cold brew Someone maker. Someone gave me that today, right? Someone gave me that today. That's, I don't know the price point and you don't need to say it, but that seems luxurious no matter what the cost. That's no, amazing. I was like, this is because I usually am a hot coffee and a French press kind of gal, yeah. but it's too hot for that now. Like it's yeah. entered cold brew territory. Totally. So I need it. Like I threw that on the wish list and then it arrived today and I immediately Made put it? a batch in the fridge. Oh, yeah. So that so it will be cool. ready for tomorrow. And then I guess you it'll last me it. weeks because well, now, it's will so big. you put big. a little almond milk in it? No, you just put the all the coffee in like the middle part. Uh-huh. And then you fill the rest up with cold filtered water, screw the t- cap on, and then it's airlocked. Okay. And then you shake it up so it kind of disperses, lay it on its side, put it in the fridge for like eight hours. And then it's just ready. And then it's just ready. And then you just have a pitcher of ice cold wow, brew. Wow, I want that. Okay. Dear Lara. Hey, Lara. Since Sup is on hiatus and I burned through every bonus episode, I've done a deep dive into Babe. Love you. Love Ryan. Sad I'm getting into Babe two weeks after Ryan's departure, but I plan on sticking around regardless. As I listen to past episodes, I find myself relating to you on a handful of levels. Sexual abuse slash rape, meth use, being terrible with finances, taxes, and an obsession with all things VPR. 
Amazing. Me and my essence. Kindred. I'm like in the job interview being, they're like, so what are you going to bring meth, here? Sex. Sexual abuse. abuse rape. Reality. Meth use. Terrible at finances. Obsessed with Vanderpump. Oh my God. Yes. I've also had some very babe moments like lying about an abortion in college. I wasn't pregnant in the first place. Going through an ex-boyfriend's <laughs> emails for two years. I found out he got a DUI and cheated on the girl he left me for on a cruise. Very bleak stuff. Ooh. Having unprotected sex with a multitude of strangers I met online in high school to cope with my mom's cancer journey. Keying the hood of a guy's car. He'd cheated on a friend of mine, etc. I started listening to Babe right around the time I begin my new job. I'm presently two months in and I've yet to make any connections whatsoever, which is rare because I'm normally one to make fast friends in any situation. I also live and work in Orange County, which is a constant mental (laughs) K-hole. That being said, your podcasts have gotten me through this period where I'm feeling very Babe and not Babe. Anyways, as long as you keep podcasting, I'll continue to chip away at your Amazon wish list as a thank you for all that you've done for myself and countless other babes out there. Love, light, and pump teenies. Aww. Mm. I'm so moved. I love. So cute. I, Orange County is a tough zone for me I'm to relate to. Orange County girl. Do you know that song? <laughs> no. Gwen Stefani, she's just an Orange County girl living in an extraordinary world. And she's like, sing. And Orange County is not the best spot. But I guess I don't know like where this reader, listener, writer was living prior to compare the experience, right? Like, was it here? Or yeah, I don't know. Here in Los Angeles. But I'm sure that there's like one person at work that can be your like spirit work animal. And just what I think is a huge social issue I see, I've seen in offices I've worked at is that people will only interact with those. I mean, it's really like a class issue, I guess, but like they just want to work with the, like they want to make friends with the people on their team or their direct colleague. But like the guy who refills the snacks or like the person that comes in and cleans at night might be like the secret chiller, like funny person you need to just give you like a little sparkle of familiarity and home, you know, Mm -hmm. you just need to identify one lawler and like lock them down. Yeah. And consider bringing in some extra baked goods or. Ooh, that's a good idea. Lure people with food because it makes them feel comfortable. Yeah, food is great. Or even like going out for like a happy hour, like mm-hmm. putting together like An with effort. someone else, like a happy hour thing after work. Yeah. That can like be your own selfish way of like getting Gaging people you work people. with drunk and then like, yeah, seeing, seeing what their what deal like. is. Yeah, because some people really feel certain pressures or boundaries at work that one cocktail will really dissipate. Mm-hmm. I also think that it's fine to not be friends with people at work. Yeah. If they're not speaking to you. It's like- sort of hard for me. Like I, I would want, I want friends at work. Mm-hmm. But I also think like that that's like some people pleasy bullshit I have too. Because it's like, well, I don't need to be lauded everywhere I go. I need to do my job. Yeah. Job comes first. But for me, I'm like, I want it to be like in synergy. Like, I want to like everyone that I'm working around. I want them to like or at least appreciate me. Well, that's why you're self-employed. That's why I work by myself. Yeah. I'm happy to be here supporting you. (laughs) Dear Lara and TBD co-host, longtime reader and also the lady who wrote in about poppers. Lara, please advise. I'm buying a house. My realtor told me that the house I'm buying has 
comes with a sordid past. The family that currently lives there had a daughter that robbed the next door neighbor. And after that, the family got in a huge fight and started suing each other over property issues. The owners of the house I'm buying made their neighbors rip down half of their brand new deck because it crossed onto their property line. Just a mess. Both families are babes, in my opinion. However, this is the real question. The dog, the daughter apparently was a drug addict and I think she overdosed in the house. I found out through a GoFundMe page that she died in the hospital ICU. Is her spirit or ghost going to haunt my house? Her mother and stepdad are moving to Florida. Her real dad also died from an overdose. What should I do? The poor girl was 20 years old. I have Vicodin in the house. Is her ghost going to steal them? Oh. Worried about her haunting us. I told my husband we should get a ghost cleaner to get the bad to get out the bad spirits. He thinks I'm crazy. Thoughts? I can't have a ghost babe haunting my house. Love and light. Wow. Wow. I feel like it's a blessing to not know stuff about the place you buy. Yeah. But I think you also need you need, you need to sage to the fuck out of that. Yeah. You can release that spirit pretty easily, but you're going to need to do like a cleansing. Do a lot of intentional cleansing. I follow a witch. I'm on a, her email list and she just wrote in a, her most recent email was about doing home cleansing. So I'll forward it to you. Yeah. I mean, I think like... One of the first ways I learned about property politics was from Jeff Lewis on Flipping Out as a kid. And <laughs> he always would bring someone in to sage and cleanse the homes before, like, trying to sell them or before, like, a real buyer came in. Yeah. You've got to do it. And by meditating throughout that staging and cleansing process and being like, I love my house and just affirming how happy you are to be in the house. Because I think that if you focus the energy on the worry about what might come from the past spirits, then it's only going to amplify them. Yeah, it could turn into like a self-fulfilling prophecy. Exactly. And the next thing you know, 20-year-old overdose girl could... You're going to have gonna be lines in your bathroom. on your arm. Yeah. You're going to have like a handprint. <laughs> There's going to be lines next to the bed. That vivid image of the ghost stealing the Vicodin, that is an A plus. Right I love in. that. I love thinking of you walking into your bathroom like late at Counting night. Counting pills. <laughs> turning on the light and seeing like a flash of like a ring girl being Casper. like. <laughs> I don't think ghosts would steal Vicodin though. They're already hot. Hi, Laura, and potential additional babe guest host. Woo! Love the podcast. I first heard you on Watch What Crappens and fell in love with your sense of humor and style of speaking. I immediately subscribed to SUP for the lols. When I learned there were more lols to be had, I jumped into Babeland headfirst. I'll definitely miss hearing Ryan, so I hope he'll hop in now and again when he finds the time. I adore y'all's friendship and banter. Anyways, said in Laura voice, let's get to the babe reason I'm writing here, shall we? As you and Ed mentioned on the recent Babe episode via SUP Patreon, Trump era has led to a severe amount of babing out. The news is always a total babe. That's an all caps babe with an angry exclamation point. And social media has gotten all kinds of babe dot dot dot. It's a mess out there. 
So let's back it up. I love a good social media lurk. I strategically follow several idiots from high school or what have you, not because I'm in any way involved with their lives anymore, but because they're so fucking babe that it brings me endless lols. One mark in particular that I love to lurk on is a gal called JJ. She's obsessed with Britney Spears, not like how we all are. She is so obsessed with Britney that she moved to Vegas and got a job as a beer tub girl when Brit got her residency there. She said it would help her increase her odds of meeting her queen. Not wrong, I suppose. JJ's body is covered in tattoos dedicated to Britney. Oh they my god. Range from deep quotes like all eyes on me, I'm the center of the ring all just like a me, circus. The center of the ring just like a circus. To shoddy album cover artwork, we all remember the flower from Baby One More Time, right? Uh-huh. She met Jamie Lynn Spears a few years ago and had her sign her arm, which she would later get tattooed. No. Stop. She regularly posts photos of herself posing at her beer tub while clad in an LSU bikini. She did not go to LSU, nor is she from Louisiana. Uh-huh. This, as you may have guessed, is another ode to Miss yes. Spears. I'll give it to JJ. She looks great and sometimes even favors Brit Brit. More about her that is added to my lurk enjoyment. One, her boyfriend is a Michael Jackson impersonator on the strip. Uh, He's white. (laughs) Two, she's very into ghost hunting. Wow. Let's make good place to move. Yeah. And also, we should connect JJ with the The previous reader. reader. Yeah. Yeah. Well, as you can see, she's the kind of babe who brings regular law content to the Facebook feed. Enter the election. Babe starts sporting a lot of MAGA gear. Recently, I posted to my own Facebook page about Trump's visit to North Korea. Crazy how this is old news now. Something fucking happens every day. I shared an article about him being a douche and captioned it, what a schmuck. Almost immediately, I received a comment from our Britney babe telling me that I'm stupid and I don't appreciate that the president is bringing world peace. Lols. I respond with, read the article. She replies by linking me to a Cole Arbor video. If you're not familiar, she's a vom, not a babe, a vom. I decided at this point to not respond further. Pretty sure Facebook fighting is not chic and we would get nowhere with this one. So that brings me to my question. In this nauseating MAGA Trump era, how do we navigate social needs? Do you take babes to task online? Am I a babe question mark for privately trolling so hard on this fish? Are you as triggered by red hats now as I am? Help. Yeah, your Britney babe sounds like a really Wait, fun. She's so amazing. Yeah, <laughs> really fun follow. But you just like, I don't you engage. engage. No, because you know, community organizers—they want you to call people in, not out. So it's like taking your energy that could be used on like a moderate person and getting them to be more actively or like effectively into what you're into or your beliefs is going to be more impactful than like going ham on an extremist. Right. Yeah. And also if she like consider the source, like this exactly. woman has Jamie Lynn Spears That's signature the, tattooed that was on the her bottom arm for me, that entire story. I mean, the Trump stuff is the actual lowest point, but like I was all in for all of that level of Britney <laughs> until because I wasn't even impressed with meeting Jamie, but I could see why that is something. But the signature tattooed, no. Yeah, so she's already like a psychotic person. Well, yeah. Like, I don't think you're, anything you say to her is going to change her mind. Also, it's like, stay in your lane. Like, you follow her because you hate her. Yeah. <laughs> she's a hate follow. Mm-hmm. So, like, there's no point in, like, trying to speak out against her like you don't want to get blocked 
Yeah, that's the hugest social media consequence of real beef. But also, and this isn't a read by any means, but just on my own experience, unless it's about something that I think is like really urgently... I recently engaged on social media. I usually refrain because I don't want to seem like I have all this time to get active with you in the comment section. Yeah. Because that's my own ego. But recently, I was compelled to comment on one of my good friends posted something and I could not believe it. Mm -hmm. And it was about Pizzagate. First of all, it's like a year late. Over a year late. Yeah. And then it was this. She had also written a really Pizzagate truther. Yeah, Pizzagate like posted that video of Demi Moore kissing a 15 year old from there was they were both on General Hospital. And I just simply chimed in with the and, and she was being like Hollywood is fucking perverted, full of pedophiles. Pizzagate is real. Pizzagate is real. I need but to she had also her. posted just an amazing caption that was really it was on 4th of July that this happened. And that same day she posted something really thoughtful and amazing about her own mom's experience as an immigrant that was largely undocumented during her stay here and now she has citizens but just like all this really real stuff about like uh, what's going on with these children and families in detention and all of this and so I was like liked that read that and then I see the post that came right before it and it was Pizzagate is real and I just at first I just went really objectively and was like um she was 19 and he was 15 and they were both on general hospital and then I wrote also white supremacists started Pizzagate like yeah. And I was, I, I will still remain, I am not a Pizzagate expert, but I just felt like, cause I, but I feel like in the situation I was called in to like question her because she's someone that I really love. You yeah. Know? That's a good point. So like if it's someone, if you're like, it's kind of like a babe where you're like, Hey, I'm going to just take a moment to yeah. see if, you really know what you're doing out of a place of love and out of me caring about you. Exactly how I felt. And like, I'm just flagging this as like a little bit strange. But I think at that moment, if it was just someone I'm following for novelty or nostalgia, like I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to screenshot follow or sometimes like, I mean, if what I love to do is, just not follow but go like with the kardashians go and i don't follow them but i check in regularly yeah there's some people that i like will throw a hate follow to or not even i don't hate Hate follow sounds intense but it is sort of real it is real but it's not unreal a lurk follow or just like disgust follow yeah where i'm like wow this person is truly spiraling off the face of the planet and this is like a car crash in slow motion that i can't stop watching i need to know about everything that they do because it truly becomes entertainment like i view it as almost performance art because there are some people that are so psychotic i like to watch is just she's so amazing at the art yeah yeah (laughs) and like that's like i have to get in here and cement this follow because like what if they go private like i need to just be in the inner circle but like would i ever try and correct her over anything absolutely not who are you though that's it's like my mom yeah she hasn't been on facebook that long she gets on there she's writing all sorts of stuff and she gets (laughs) mad at me because i tell her mom you don't know shit like you don't you watch these programs all the time and you have great amazing values but i bet you don't know any of these people's names like you would recognize them but you can't draw my mom's not an idiot she's just like a passive listener yeah so it's like she's like getting all up in adam but then you don't know shit either 
I saw some Pizzagate truthers on Melrose the other day. What? They were like, so I follow like a lot of these like kind of mystical accounts. Like one I think is called like conscious vibrancy or (laughs) Uh something, but it's like, it's this weird breed of Instagram account. That's like all about crystals and like mystical shit. But also true. But then also they're truthers. Yeah, totally. And like, they believe in like crazy shit. They like, they like are nine 11 truthers, pizza gate truthers. And like, have like crazy conspiracy theories that I was like, whoa, I didn't realize that this was like such an active part of their brand. But then it kind of made me like love them more because I yeah. was like, you're fucking well, crazy. Well, that was like a sort of extra like potentially babe uh, element to like why I was reacting against the Pizzagate thing so much <laughs> because I could tell that there was this person, we had a mutual friend and I basically had developed a crush on him a few years ago. He DJed your book party when I came in all wild. And um, we don't have to say his name, but that's the guy. Wait, which book party at the, the Roosevelt? It was sorry, it was your birthday party and Ryan's book party. Oh, but I did go to your book party at the Roosevelt, but we weren't really friends or didn't talk. <laughs> God, that party was lit. Like yeah. a lot of people showed up. Yeah, it was an event, a total event. But um, anyway, God, I can't remember this who this person, DJ was. It was DJing, and he's a huge conspiracy person, and he is also one of his conspiracies believes in is virginity. So we were like, what we had been. Mean? friends for a long time like he was a virgin when we were hanging out and i think he's still a virgin oh he like he just believes like you have to be a virgin yeah for what reason like saving his seed i mean if i could provide what i really think are the answers they're way too crazy reads but like basically it just annoyed me (laughs) that he during this time where we would begin making out and stuff and then he would like really get off on withholding sex for me but i'm like bro you're withholding pleasure from yourself. It's not. So it became a horrible dynamic. Yeah. But then he was like, I just, I don't want to like, he's like, I don't want to mislead you because I'm really in love with someone else who is the friend that already had a boyfriend that is now posting Pizzagate stuff. And I can see that they're kind of like, like he DJed a party that, she her work through recently like mm-hmm. as recently as actually it's tonight and then i could just tell that they're hanging out more and it's totally inappropriate and that he was teaching her bullshit like pizza gate and i just fucking got so annoyed <laughs> so they're like they're two truthers who are finding yeah, each other and like i love critical thinking and i believe in a lot of conspiracy but I love conspiracies. You can believe and enjoy conspiracies without going full truth or ethos. Yeah. And also, like, I know someone who's, like, best friend, who's, like, one of his oldest friends owns the pizza parlor where Pizzagate oh, was. Wow. And he was like, there's no Pizzagate. Like, what the fuck? Could- but then also, wouldn't someone who is wouldn't in on Pizzagate, yeah, he'd be trying to <laughs> tell me. <laughs> but That's um, a pretty VIP acquaintance of yours. It's very VIP. So I have it on pretty good authority that Pizzagate is a lie. Otherwise, I'd be, you heard it I'd be buying it. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, but that reminds me, like, conspiracy theories are such a babe to me. So I'm going to do a call out to the readers. And yes. I want to hear w- any crazy conspiracy theories that you believe in or that you've heard of people believing in. Yeah. And I want to, like, talk about that on the next episode. Totally. So please write me, babepodcast at gmail.com, with your conspiracy theories or any sort of journey that you've had into a please. conspiracy theory world. I want to hear all of it. 
Especially, yeah, related to all things. <laughs> mm-hmm. really, it could be related to anything, like in any topic of a conspiracy. Yeah, tell I'm me. Interested. I need to know. Amazing. <sighs> Thank you for being my guest today. Thank you for having me. I'm excited for the journey of episodes. Yeah, that we're did gonna you hear do. that word Laura said earlier? Arc. Arc. <laughs> <laughs> Also, if you want, you can make an Amazon wish list and I'll share it with the readers. I had to close my eyes to not share such raw emotion. <laughs> That's part readers, of the guest. This deal. is a challenge if you guys are fame whores or not, because <laughs> I feel like Ed is sort of famous. Ed's famous, so therefore does and have a leg up. I don't and mean sort of in a derogatory way. I mean it in like a colloquial way. Yeah. And he's like He's slowly edging in on my own wishlist territory, which is causing me to have a lot of... I love how you're openly mad about it, too. Yeah. Well, I have to be honest about <laughs> yeah, my Yeah, or else what are you doing? Yeah, but your wishlist items will be sent to you, and then you can unbox them however you see fit. Oh, that would be a whole new dynamic for the platform. <laughs> Pretty interesting. I mean, they can I be mean, sent to me, too. I'm happy <laughs> no, to open no. them, but I you think... You have enough. I, think I saw I know UPS you. here. Yeah. yeah, I think I know you well enough to know that you'd prefer them to be sent to yourself. I recently shared my first um, unboxing video on Instagram, and... The response was pretty solid. It was so. great. Yeah. <laughs> I was on the edge of my seat I will wanting let, more content, I'll more let people hair flips. Know, um, oh my God. I had so many hair flips and I was embarrassed to post because of that. And then you're like the hair flips. No, I live. The, those <laughs> were made honest. it for me. Yeah. <laughs> Good. Yeah. Maybe one of my visual or sonic cues will relax y'all so much <laughs> that it'll really help your life. And, um, I'll just close on saying that I really know how to give a deal and that. I'm available for really intimate and highly customized communications. So Deals. Okay. I'll have to get on making a list. I love it. You're throwing down. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We will you. see you next week. Bye. Bye. This Mother's Day, treat mom to healthy, glowing skin with Osea's limited edition skincare sets. Osea has been making clean, seaweed-infused products for nearly 30 years. Their advanced eye care duo brightens and firms skin around your eyes, while the Golden Glow Body Trio nourishes and smooths skin all over. Go to oseamalibu.com and use code MOM for 10% off your first order site-wide.